0: This morning, I want to take you to a passage of Scripture that I was not intending uh, to really be in, and yet I could not get away from this particular passage of Scripture. And so I I want to bring you there this morning with um, just to share from my heart uh, today from this particular passage. And I'd I'd like you to go, if you would, to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 4. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, and there is a passage of scripture I'm going to read just in a moment. We're going to read it all, but I'm going to just direct your attention to the last few verses uh, of this passage that we're going to read, and I don't know if you have ever found yourself in a place where you just say to yourself, Lord, how in the world did I get this low? how did I get to this particular place in my heart, in in my life, in in ultimately what it comes down to at times, it is our own disobedience to the word, that we want what we want, and we end up doing some things that we regret and we wish we had never partaken in, and we find ourselves in that place. You know, God, I want to just say this from the outset, God has all this accounted for, by the way. You know, the Bible says this. I believe it's prophet Isaiah who said it, that he knows the end from the beginning. So you and I can't, we we know our past. And thankfully, sometimes our past is, uh, we forget about things in our past. There are things in our past we want to forget about, but we don't, we can't. We'd like to put all that behind us. But you don't know what your future holds. None of us here today know what is going to happen in the future. There is only one who knows that for your life, and it is God. You can make plans, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with somehow planning out what the next 10 years or 20 years or whatever it might be, what that will be like and and things you want to do and all of those things. But you don't know that it's going to happen. You don't know how it's all going to work out. The amazing thing is, is that God gives us a picture of his abilities and his omniscience, the fact that he is all-knowing. He gives us a picture of that, and he does so in a manner that shows a bit of a negative side that he is accounted for for the people of Israel. Now the book of Deuteronomy, in in the majority of this book, the vast majority of it, is Moses as he is old and he is about ready to die. uh, He is giving his final speech to the people. Much of the book of Deuteronomy is a. Uh, a, a, re, a renewing or a going over or a review, as it were, of the law of what God requires of what God is looking for, but there is some powerful scripture in this this book. There are some wonderful things that are spoken in the book of Deuteronomy, but there are also some somewhat scary things when you think about what we 're going to read here, this is essentially God telling the people of Israel through Moses. Some of the things that are going to happen to them down the road, not tomorrow, not in the next few weeks, maybe not even the next few years. But somewhere down the road, some things are going to happen, and it's not going to be pretty. But God, in all of those things, still has a plan. And there is a part that we have to play in all of that. So it might be today, and you say, Well, Pastor, look around the room. Come on, it's just a few of us and you know most of us, and you know where we are with the Lord, and you know that we love Jesus, and we, we all love Jesus. We understand that. That's one of the reasons why we're here uh, this Sunday morning. We, we just want to be in the presence of the Lord and be with the saints of God, but the bottom line is that from time to time, even saints stumble and saints fall. And saints make bad decisions, and saints decide they want to do their own thing and give give their, their their own their selves to their flesh and give whatever it is that they do whatever it is they want to do and have whatever they want to have. Sometimes that can happen within our lives, and many times we think, well, God's gonna just cast me away as a result of that. Well, I want to take you to Deuteronomy chapter four. And I want to start reading in verse 25, and we'll go down through to verse 31. Listen with me, if you will. The Bible says, after you have had children and grandchildren and have lived in the land a long time, that is the promised land that they were about to go to, if you then become corrupt and make any kind of idol, doing evil in the eyes of the Lord your God and arousing his anger, I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you this day, that you will quickly perish from the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. You will not live there long, but will certainly be destroyed. The Lord will scatter you among the peoples... And only a few will survive among the nations to which the Lord will drive you. There you will worship man-made gods of wood and stone which cannot see or hear or eat or smell. Now here's the verse of scripture that I really want you to get a hold of, these last three verses actually. But if from there you seek the Lord your God, You will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. When you are in distress and all these things have happened to you, then in later days you will return to the Lord your God and obey him. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you or forget the covenant with your ancestors, which he confirmed to them by oath. And the book of Hebrews opens that idea of God confirming by an oath, and he swore by himself because there is none greater than he is. That oath, God is absolutely committed to his people. He's committed to, to his covenant he is committed to those people the title of this message is quite simply but if from there but if from there it is an amazing thing to me that what we have here is a picture prophetically of what was going to happen in fact God had already accounted for it And here's the thing, when the people of God decide that they want to have things their own way, and make their own decisions, and do their own thing, and go their own way, you need to know this, God is heartbroken by it, but he sees it, he knows it, and he is going to react with one of the greatest qualities of his character and his nature that we could ever know. And it's all the way from the Old Testament, all the way into the New Testament, and it's called mercy. I'm going to tell you, mercy is all the way from the very beginning. Say, really? All the way into Genesis? I mean, think about it. Adam and Eve gave in to sin, and what happened? They had to leave the Garden of Eden, that paradise of God that God had created for them. Yes, they had to leave, but think about this. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 3 that God came down, and he called for Adam. In the cool of the day, as he had done before, he called out to him. It's just something had happened in Adam and Eve's heart. Sin had entered. They had violated the covenant of God. They had done that, but God still came down. And he always does in mercy. It's an amazing picture that we have here. Verse 28 actually says, he says there you're going to worship man-made gods of wood and stone some are some commentators have a hard time picturing where this is where it's taking place does they does god mean and moses mean in the land that they're going they certainly are going to fall into idolatry there as well and it is actually going to happen that from there they are going to be scattered into the nations we see at the end of the book of of Kings and chronicles and the history that we have there, and Jeremiah the prophet is is speaking during the time where the Babylonian captivity is happening, and nothing is going to stop it at that point that people are being dispersed. the Assyrians have come in and already taken the the northern kingdom away. And those Jews never returned to their homeland, quite frankly, until their their descendants returned in 1948 and Israel became a nation again. Think about that. That's a long time being away from your homeland. A long time away. And they're, they're scattered throughout the world. Why? Because of sin sin always gets in the way of what God desires to do in somebody's life it always interferes with the plans and the purposes of God but I want to tell you that even in the middle of that in your life you might say you know what I find myself in the middle of a secret sin something that nobody knows about and nobody can really understand me and nobody understands what I'm going through in this particular situation and I want to tell you there is a God in heaven who knows where you are in the moment and you might feel as though you're banished and abandoned but you need to know that there is always a way back so pastor you're preaching to the choir why are you preaching this kind of message I don't know maybe you need it maybe you know somebody who needs it you you need to direct them to this this passage of scripture and let them know about the mercy of God but listen to what it says it says, there you're going to worship man made gods of wood and stone, which cannot see, hear, eat, or smell. That was, the, that was the absolute foolishness of the idolatry of that age. You know, it's also the same thing here in our time. We worship things that can't save us. Our young people worship influencers, they worship stars, they worship athletes, they worship people who stand on a stage all night long and, and say crazy things and do crazy things just in the name of just being themselves and all kinds of things, and none of those people can ever help them. Not a soul will reach out to help you. It's, a, it's unreal. We have a, a different kind of idolatry. We don't bow down to something made of wood or, or, or something like that. But we, we bow down to our culture. We bow down to the world. We bow down to a system of sin that says it's got to be our way or the highway. And I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, God is about freedom. He's not about you know crowding in on people and somehow making it all be go a certain way that's the enemy's method he wants to conform you as we heard last week we've got to be transformed by the renewing of our mind and i'll tell you this i heard that message last week brother williams you heard from the lord that was exactly what we all needed to hear because we are living in a time where the world is trying to force you as a believer into its mold. And it's high time that we stood on the word of God. This is the only foundation. It is the firm foundation that we have. Don't bow down and worship the idols of the world. Don't bow down and worship things that are as human as you are, if not more so. We we somehow, we, we look at our lives and the world is concerned about how, how, Terribly temporary it is. They got a picture of their own mortality when COVID hit. Folks, we've always known as believers we are mortal beings, but I want to tell you that as a believer, you have eternal life. There is no need to worry, no need to fear, no need to be afraid of this. Say, "But, but Pastor, I don't want to die early. I don't want to. Nobody does, but you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Can I get an amen on that one? Some, oh, don't talk about COVID, pastor, please. That's offensive. It's everybody, you'll get canceled. Cancel me. I couldn't care less. The bottom line here is this. We sat down and we we got scared out of our minds. And all the while we were worried about what's happening now, not what's happening then. I want to tell you I'm more concerned. The Bible tells us this. He says, fear the one who can kill both body and soul. Don't fear the one who can just kill the body. You look around our city, our city's full of violence. More so than ever before. Well, you know, you lock people up for a, for a year and a half and then expect people to act normally. It doesn't work that way. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, we have to believe that God is going to come down in the middle of our situation, in the middle of our trouble, in the middle of our own choosing things and going after things and worshiping other things. I want to tell you, the Bible reveals hope in the middle of all of that. Excuse me, I clearly forgot my water. How about I go get it? That'll be wonderful here. (sighs) Listen. I want to get to this verse of scripture because this is really where it comes down to the important things that we need to see. The people of Israel put themselves in this position. There is another scripture. It escapes me. uh, It's probably not far away from here. But in the book of Deuteronomy, he says, choose life. I realize that's often used by those of us who believe that abortion is wrong, it's, it, it's murder, it, it, it is that, that we need to choose life. But there's more to it than that. It's not made specifically for that one, you know, that one issue that we have going on in our modern society. It is that we need to choose life in him. And the people of Israel were going to, and God revealed right here, he almost let them know, you're going to fail. <clears throat> I mean, you know, it would be nice to, to know that, you know, at certain points in your life, right, to have somebody come up alongside of you and say, you know, if you go after this, you're going to fail, by the way. No, no, we want everybody to be encouraging to us, don't we? <clears throat> oh, you can do whatever you want. You can do anything. You can, you can succeed. Sometimes we don't succeed at things. God was essentially letting them know that they were going to fail him. They were going to worship these gods. They were going to fall into sin. They were going to not, to not fall into sin. That makes it sound like it wasn't even their choice. This wasn't like, oops, I tripped, you know, over something that was in my way. They went headlong into it. They chose it. They saw the idols of the world and they, they saw the, you see, there's more to it than just worshiping a an image or a statue you read in the old testament you need to understand that idolatry during that time period in any time period essentially had a lot of fleshly things that went with it and some crazy stuff some unbelievable stuff now it wasn't abortion back then but there was child sacrifice that was involved in it they'd take a newborn baby and sacrifice that baby I mean what a horrible thought You think about that, and that's the the depth that they went into. That is where they ended up. And this is what God has in mind as he's picturing the depths of sin that they are going to go to, the things that they have chosen for themselves. Listen, you can't just dabble a little bit in sin. It doesn't let you off the hook. It won't. You can't just say, well, I can just... I can only go this far. And, and that's, that's what... You'll be amazed if you, keep, if you keep messing with that thing, you keep going back to that thing, all of a sudden now that thing is no longer satisfying to you and you got to have something a little bit deeper, a little bit more exciting, a little bit more involved in all of this. And this is where the people of Israel went to. And I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, we need to allow God to say, God, you come into my life. Allow our hearts to say, God, you come into my heart and keep me as far away from sin as I possibly can be. I remember being a stupid, stupid teenager. For all the teenagers in the room, I'm not saying you're stupid. I'm saying I was a stupid teenager. I was just the biggest dummy ever. And I remember asking the question, How close can I get to sin and still be all right? (laughs) If you've never asked that question, you're not as dumb as me. And here I am, I'm a PK, I'm a preacher's kid. And I'm growing up in church. I'm the youngest of four. I've got a brother who's 11 years older than me. My sister's 10 years older than me. And my other brother is six years older than me. That means I'm an only child, according to some, some studies. And I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm the worst of the lot, frankly. And I'm asking myself, how close can I get to sin and still be all right? Well, years later, the Lord revealed to me that was the stupidest question you could ever ask. What you really need to ask is how far away can I get from sin? And I want to tell you that if, if there is that, that effort of, let me just try a little bit of this, see what it's like then you're not trying Jesus enough. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. He is the one that you need. Now, here's the thing. They're in this situation. They're going to be. God is revealing. You're going to bow down. You're going to worship these idols. You're going to fall into the depths of sin. And and prophet Jeremiah is going to point out how sinful and horrible things got. And, and kings will tell you exactly what took place with some of these these wicked kings who led their people, the people of Israel, into idolatry. They literally got into child sacrifice, prostitution, all of those things at the temples of these gods. All kinds of horrible, horrible things according to what God's picture of what righteousness ought to be. They, they abandoned it. They forsook it. And he says, what's going to happen is I'm going to scatter you throughout the world. You're going to be scattered in different places. But notice this. There is always a way out. There is always a plan of escape. There is always something that will bring you out of that thing, even though you have gone to the depths of sin, and maybe there was addiction involved, and there was something that you could not extract yourself, and it's this. It's from this phrase. But if from there, where? The depths of your sin, the depths of idolatry, the depths of of following after the dictates of your own heart. When you reach the end of yourself and realize how absolutely empty you are and that sin will never deliver what it promises. He says, but if from there, listen, verse 29, but if from there you seek the Lord your God. The way out has always been the way out it will never this will never change this is the way out if you seek the Lord your God if from where oh I can't listen there's a vein of theology that well I I can't even get into that don't let's not go there forget the vein of theology I want to tell you here's here's the vein of theology we need But if from that depths of sin you begin to seek the Lord your God, listen to what he says, he goes on and he says, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. The one who would bring satisfaction to your life. The one who would bring satisfaction to your soul if you will seek after him with everything that is within you I want to tell you he says you will find him God will not be scarce God will not run from you God is not going to play a a spiritual game of hide and seek he's not going to do that but instead the Bible says when all of a sudden you come to that place where you say God I've got to have you and nobody else I want to tell you the Bible is ever so true and ever so real that he will be there for you. But if from the depths of your pain, if from the depths of your sin, if from the depths of your sorrow, you seek after him, he will be found of you. Oh, listen, I don't know if you're feeling it the way I'm feeling it, but that's all right. I'm feeling it. You seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Listen to verse 30. When you are in distress, And all these things have happened to you. Why have they happened? Why have they happened? Because you chose it. You went after it. You decided that's what you wanted. And God had no choice but to bring you to a place where he was going to bring judgment in your life. You see, the judgment of God right now in our lives is corrective judgment. Thank God for that. It is not a destructive judgment. It is corrective. So he doesn't want his people to stay in that position or stay in that place. He wants you to come out of it. So he says this, when you're in distress and all these things have happened to you, and we might add parenthetically, it has happened to you because you chose it to happen to you. Listen to this. Then in later days, you will return to the Lord your God and obey him. Don't you love the statement, the way that it's stated? I love how it's stated here. You will do this. You will. You will. You'll come after him. You'll, you'll reach out to him. You'll cry out to him. You'll call upon him, and you'll say, God, I need you. I need your help. I need you from the depths of where I've put myself. You know, if it were up to us, we would say, you know what? They made their bed. They need to sleep in it, right? That's our, that's our, that's our terminology. They made their bed, they got to sleep in it glad aren't you glad we aren't God <laughs> i'm I'm so glad God is God. <laughs> And I'm so glad that God is speaking mercy to his people right now. He's preparing them with one of the greatest qualities of his nature. Not, not that he is all-knowing, because he's revealing something that will take place down the road. But he is, he is revealing something about his nature that we all need from time to time, and that is mercy. And he's telling them, he's saying to them, you will in your distress, all these things have happened to you in later days. You return to the Lord your God. You come back like that prodigal son we read about in Luke chapter 15. And we read about how that son, he reaches the end, the depths of sin, the depths of of his own desires in his own life. And he realized everything I've done has brought emptiness and look where I am. I'm in a pig pen tending pigs. Well, no Jewish person hearing that at that time would have appreciated where he ended up. Ooh, no, that's that's no good. He's in a pig pen, and he's looking at their food. He's so hungry, he's looking at their food and cheeseburgers are just rolling around in his head. He's saying, I just want to fill my stomach with the food that they're eating. That's the depths of sin. That's where it takes you. But he comes to this place, the same place where God is telling his people, if you'll return. And we know the wonderful picture of that parable as Jesus relates it and he tells the story how he realizes I would be better off in my father's house as a servant, not as a son. And as that son is making his way back, his father sees him from a distance and his father runs to him. God is always looking for his people that when we go our wayward ways and we go our own way and we do our own thing and we somehow end up on the wrong side of of where we were supposed to be. If you will return to the Lord, you will come back and you will obey him and you will serve him and you will give your best to him. I want to tell you there is a way back. There is always a way back. Maybe some of you need to relate this to a family member who has gone down to the depths of sin. Let them know there is a God who is absolutely merciful because that's exactly what verse 31 reveals to us. And the Bible says this it says, You will obey him, for the Lord your God is merciful. Oh, yes, God will bring judgment on his people. That's what the earlier part of this was all about. He was going to bring judgment. But even in judgment, he was going to show mercy. Even in judgment, there was going to be that. Listen, he says, the Lord is merciful. He is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you or forget the covenant with your ancestors, which he confirmed to them by an oath. God does not abandon his people. I believe it's possible for people to abandon God but God will never abandon his people. God is letting them know right now. He's telling them, he's listening. He's saying, I love you so much. I care about you so much that I will be merciful to you and I will receive you when you come back to me. Listen, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what's going on in your life and I have no idea why the Lord wanted me to preach this this morning. But I know this. I know that if from there, from the depths of your pain, your sorrow... You say, I'm sorrowful because I got myself there. I did something I said I would never do. I went to the depths of sin in a way that I never believed that I would. Or maybe it is that you know somebody in your life that is just like that, and they cannot claw their way back. You don't have to claw your way back. All you have to do is seek him with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. That's exactly the way back. We might not know how to get out. We might not know the way that it's supposed to be in the moment. But if you will come to this scripture and say, Lord, your word tells me that I need to seek you. Listen to what Isaiah chapter 55 verses 6 and 7 have to say. The Bible says this, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them, ret- let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God, he for he will freely pardon. I want to tell you that that is one of the most powerful scriptures that you and I could ever read today. If from there you begin to seek after God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, God will be there. Don't ever let the enemy tell you you've gone too low. You've gone too deep. You've gone too far. The Bible says, no, you haven't. God says, but if from there, from that low spot, that low place... If you begin to seek the Lord with all your heart, yes, there will be a devil who will not be not far behind you because when he feels he has won, he doesn't want you to think that somehow you can get away from his grip. But you can. You need to know that you don't have to remain in that place. And he'll be there and say, no, going to bring condemnation. Let me, let me discuss with you exactly how horrible you are because of the choices, the bad choices you've made. Let me bring that up and throw that in your face. Let me just do that to you. Well, the Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. He's going to accuse you for until the end, until you go to be with Jesus. He will keep on accusing you, but the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen, when you begin to call upon him and you say, Lord, I have sinned, I repent of that sin, I made a mistake, but I'm going to climb my way back, I'm going to seek you with all of my heart, I want to tell you there is a heavenly Father who's got wide open arms, who doesn't just stand there waiting for you to run, for, run to him from a distance, but in Instead, with wide open arms, he's running toward you to be able to embrace you and say, welcome back. Welcome home. But if from there, that place you didn't think you'd go, but you went. It's painful. It hurts. It's It's one of those things where we sit there and we say, I regret this and I regret that and all kinds of regrets. Regrets are not part of God's plan. That's part of the devil's plan. That's what the devil wants you to focus on. All the if-onlys in your life, right? How many of us have had if-onlys? If only I had done this. If only I had done it different. Yes, we do. We do. But the if-onlys are things that he puts under the blood. The if-onlys are the things in our lives that he comes along and says, that, I'm not going to remember that anymore. The Bible tells us this, that he, 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 he throws our sins as far as the east is from the west. Do you know that that is an infinite line? It is a line. It's not a circle. It's a line. East from west is a line. Now, you say, well, if you're on the globe of the earth, you just keep going around. No, no, no. not talking about the globe of the earth. You, you, you punch through into space. East to west, it's a line. It goes on forever. So, in other words, that thing never comes back around. God never holds it against you. God never throws it in your face and says, yes, oh, I know you're just seeking after me, but you know what? You've just been so bad. No. His mercy says, come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Why? Because he's merciful. He's compassionate. He is loving. Let's stand to our feet this morning. (sighs) Heavenly Father, right now I can't help but think that maybe today there's somebody that has just had a hard time making their way back to you.